0: Hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. Um, I'm excited for this here podcast because if you guys are new around these parts, um, I don't do a whole lot of interviews with people. It's usually me just ranting into the ether about whatever is happening in Riley's life. But whatever I am ranting about, I usually like to keep it very real, very raw, whether it's funny or you have that moment where you're like, really, Riley? Hopefully this isn't one of those podcasts. This one is pretty special. If you are not new around these parts, you've heard this voice and the person that I'm interviewing, I guess you could say. This is strange because usually I am not on this side of the interviewee board. Usually John is the one uh, opening up the conversation. But without further ado, I am interviewing John, whom I affectionately call Turd. He is mm. podcast extraordinaire. He has the Thought Shower podcast. He is the host of our show, Your Morning Show. He is my colleague and dare I say friend?
1: Oh. <laughs> Give myself, I'm giving myself a round of applause.
0: Um... We will get to why I said dare I say friend in just a second. Um, I, I wanted to have John on the podcast today because he is embarking on yet another comedy tour. This one is called the Lost Tour, and John, this is your sixth.
1: Um, it's the fifth tour, sixth year, I think. Um, yes, fifth tour, sixth year, because we couldn't do um because the COVID first COVID year couldn't do oh, yeah. it, so this is the fifth tour.
0: COVID made everything fun. Yes. So when I met John five years ago now, um, I saw that tour, but I see John as a very different person than I saw him in the beginning of that tour. So remember just five minutes ago when I said uh, friend with a question mark? We keep it very real her on Really Riley, and I would be lying to y'all if I said that this dude over here, and myself were the best of friends when we first met, right?
1: Yeah, and then you came and saw the light. and uh,
0: I saw the light. Okay, yeah. so now you would think, well, wait a minute, you guys aren't friends. Like, you spoke at my uh, wedding rehearsal as and gave the best speech ever. Like, you know, you, you. promote me and you help me along. You check me sometimes, as so much as I freaking hate it. Um, and there's not many people in life that are allowed to do that with me. And I consider John a person in my life that I really care about thanks man i know this is so adorable. And i'm very i know i'm adorable sometimes i'm really proud of you right now and a lot of people are probably like okay well what are we getting at um when i met john i think he was an incredibly different human than the john that sits in front of me today as my friend because i think that you were in a place of pain because you were coming out of a relationship that you'd been in for four years if i'm correct
1: yeah, four. Um, yeah, I think I just hit four, and then four. A uh, very weird time of like, really from day one, the public eye. I've been here for yeah. six months when when we started dating. So a very weird this time.
0: So a very big chunk of who you were was yeah. departing, and I also was in the space at that time where I was in a new city. I was a single mom. There were so many things going on. I was incredibly lost, which is poignant that your comedy tour right now is called. Mm. Lost because I think we both, when we met, we were in that space of so many different emotions, and there was just really no room to get no, to, to, to know somebody
1: for sure. 100
0: weird. Because when you start a morning show with somebody, most of the time you don't know who the hell they are, like you've heard of them a couple of times. I think I had had one or two conversations with John, and really, there wasn't a whole lot past that. Um, we would say hi, we would be cool with each other on the air, but there wasn't anything outside, there wasn't any connection in that way until. We had a moment, I think it was about two years later, where we both went, oh, the reason we're not jiving in each other has nothing to do with who we are as people and all of that. So that's why I wanted to talk about where we are today and what you're doing with the comedy tour, because I think in the back of my head, I was always very proud of you, which seems really strange to like not have a lot of interaction with somebody, but to be proud of them in a sense, because I would sit back from a different space than I am with you right now and watch you move as a person. And even if I don't like somebody per se, I can still respect the hustle. And I remember thinking like, damn, okay. Like he is somebody that I would like to be going against the game with, if that makes sense. Like I felt like you were out there Doing everything that you could to achieve the best part of you, no matter what adversity came your way. And when I heard of why you were doing the comedy tour, I was like, "Oh, okay." So I'll let you tell it because you tell it best why your whole comedy stints were born.
1: Yeah, I mean the story. I mean, the, there's a couple parts. of it. the first part was that a friend who was serving in, in the army in San Antonio diagnosed with cancer during boot camp, and so flew down to see her and uh, she's from Fairfax and my thought was like you know, how is her family going to afford to fly now from Fairfax to San Antonio for chemo treatment and, and stay mm-hmm. in a hotel and have food and still by the way like maintain their employment in Fairfax and it's like there's just no way it's possible and that's when her to fisher house and the fisher house flew her family out as to do for all the families then make sure that uh, her family had a place to stay they have food cuz i knew like my friend like anybody in the military especially it's like she's like she's like i just don't want really to bother my family it's like dude you you're, you have cancer like don't <laughs> yeah. worry about your family, like worry about you. And Fisher House really took care of that. So I knew I wanted to do something. And then uh in a weird twist of fate, one of my good mentors and like a man considered a good friend in radio, Charlemagne the God, uh connected me Great to Pete connected me to Pete Davidson and <laughs> the dumbest I just like what are the odds of that happening and then so that was like Six years ago, I met Pete a couple times, and then I asked Pete if he thought I could do stand-up, and he said, and I quote, you're a good guy, and I was like, it's not for me. And so Pete really helped me out in the beginning of, like, I would send him jokes and ideas and that kind of stuff, and then um, the show was supposed to be a one-show thing in October of 2016. And, hey. um, yeah, it, it's, it's funny looking back now. Like, I tweeted out, like, hey, I'm doing a comedy show. Any local comedians to answer? And thought I'd be like bazillion people it was like kyle and d who've been on the the tour from uh, day one they're the first ones and uh the first show i remember thinking like man that they were gonna do one show at seven o'clock i'm like yeah we should make it early they're like what if we sell out when we do a second show and like ah we don't think it's gonna sell out sell out in like five minutes i was like oh damn like this is gonna be uh something so we did two sold out shows i remember the first show d was like so we're even working on your material i'm like what do you mean he goes well usually like you know comedians We'll work out their material. If I do a show, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go, I was just going to go do it. And then he's like, all right, so, like, how much time you do? doing? I'm like, I'm going to do an hour. He goes, what? I'm like, so. Uh, <laughs> looking back now, it's dumb. And he's like, yeah, I mean, usually comedians do, like, 5, 10, 15, 20, and then, but you're going to do an hour. I'm like, yeah, I just kind of thought that's what I was going to do. And uh, I do think, I said this on the air uh, this week, but, like, because I didn't know any better, I wrote enough for like probably two hours and then got an hour out of it. As opposed to like, had somebody told me the rules of comedy, I would have just written the, f- I mean, I wouldn't have booked a show myself. I but would have I mean, just I'm written so the five glad minutes. they didn't. No, hundred like, percent. I'm so
0: glad because when you say that to me, I was like, that's hundred percent you that you'll overprepare one. And then two, <laughs> when have you ever, ever, ever listened to anybody else's rules in life? Please tell me.
1: Oh ever. no. Yeah. And I mean, then it's just like, it goes further. Like with the Warner theater, I was like, I should just, you know, email the Warner theater and say they booked me. And then we did the Warner theater twice in like 10 months. The only other person to do it was Chappelle, which is it's just like very like, uh, not, I mean, me, I didn't, not that I didn't appreciate it, but I didn't It was moving so quickly. I didn't. Now I look back and go, Oh, I did the Warner theater. Like that's yes. pretty wild. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then I, w- I remember I waited for a couple months. Like, you know, eventually I'm sure other people are going to book the show and nobody did. So I just booked it in Harrisburg. And then I was like, I guess I'll just book this whole thing. So then I, routed, hotel, airfare, all booked the, the first tour, which we kicked off five years ago, like last week, um, and been doing it ever since. And here we are.
0: And some things that you're missing in there, because I've been backstage for all of this stuff that you also put together, because it's not like you got a crew. It's no. not like you had people or promotions putting this together. The money came from you. You booked a DJ from you. You booked a photographer from you. You got merch. You designed the merch. You got the contacts to make said merch. And then you had people on the show helping you with, you know, stage presence or whatever, but then the old production of backstage of what's going to go down, when, and who's going to do what you did all that too. Like, so yeah. it's, it, it's all your baby.
1: Yeah. I've always think that there's power not needing other people. I think certainly, especially 100%. when it's an idea, I mean, certainly it's great to have the support of the show and, and you coming out and, and that stuff, but there is power knowing that like, if nobody shows up, on show night I can still do it myself and it'll be go off without a hitch like there is there's a certain power in that and like I always feel like nobody's gonna care about myself as much as I will and like nothing and they shouldn't because it's, it's my thing um so a lot of it was just like I'm very much a I'm gonna put it together and do it before I ask because if I can do it and it works nobody's gonna question it so that that's yes. always kind of been like the motto
0: I think what's fun about this whole situation is I really love to set you up and let you say the reasons why you (laughs) did it because it was all about charity and all this stuff. And that's hundred percent true. But your girl Riley that knows you better now has to come in and add a little caveat to that situation of the reasons and the inspirations why this comes because yes, absolutely. Fisher house is an amazing foundation. All the money goes to there to raise gobs and gobs amounts of money for them is so fulfilling. But being that you went through a space of transition growing from really a boy into like a man mm-hmm. in terms of going through changes in relationships, changes in career spaces, deaths, um, reverse of who you are as a person. Um, a lot of times you'll joke through the pain. And I think that this was your therapy in a sense. This was the thing that you had to look forward to and put your energy into. And, really acts of service, they always say, like, love language, I would say that that is yours, in a sense. And I think so much of what you put into this show, yes, it's all comedy, but when it's funny and then you realize it's the thing that was, like, lifeblood to you, it's even more electrifying to watch. You know, like, I've always watched from a vantage point of backstage where I watch you pacing back and forth like a Mm. madman, everything needs to be perfect, and you will wholeheartedly Put it on your damn self if it's not. And, you know, you're trying to see say hi to everybody and be there for fans and then also talk to the people from Fisher House and make sure they're comfortable and make sure all of the people that are on stage with you are comfortable and the food and da 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 But I always find it so poignant and so special to know that I think these comedy tours have helped you grow into the John that you are today. Are you getting misty? Am I going to make you cry? Again? No, I
1: mean, it's true, but, like, every, like... Each tour, there's a theme to it. So, the Look What You've Done tour, that was like the first one post breakup where things that that's when things really started to fall apart. And the reason that tour is called Look What You have Done, uh, weekend song Starboy came out. I really think like that song, I mean, most people think it's a, it's a club but it is, but it I don't know, Change My Life is a very like deep thing to say, but like,
0: no, yes.
1: Because that first line is, I'm trying to put you in the worst mood. He's like saying, I want my success to be so big. Like, because you had to make me work harder for it, like, I had to work harder, and now I'm more successful than I would have been any other way. So, like, look what you done was kind of like a veiled shot at people in my life. And then Revival was, like, went in a pretty dark hole after the look what you done tour. Revival was trying to pull myself out. And I think looking back now, I don't think it was the best comically-wise. I think it was, like, I needed to, like, Proved to myself I could do something. And then we had the year off. What's next was supposed to be the second tour. Like, that was always like, I always liked that concept. But then, um, last year, you know, the what's next idea was I didn't know what was next career wise. And that's why the imagery of that tour is like me walking off, is it me walking off stage and my walking on stage, not really knowing? And then, then obviously when came Pass, the what's next really became like a, at first it was like, what, what, what else could possibly go wrong next? And then, uh, not knowing what else can do next. And then now, With uh, Lost, it was a little bit of like the dust has settled and it's like, what the hell do I do now? Um, So I do think like it's been a very therapeutic thing. But also too, like you've seen the behind the scenes. I've alluded to this in the show. Like I generally think that I'm not the most like um, I'll fight for the people I believe in and for the things I believe in. I don't like to go with the flow of things if I think something's stupid. And the reason I'm able to do that is because of like I can sell out I mean, we sold that a baseball stadium. So, like, because of, like, the, the people coming to the shows and, like, like, seeing, like, numbers, I was able to do, it's easy, to, like, to be, like, the, um, to do the trapeze when you have the safety net. Listeners mm-hmm. of the show are my safety net. I can do things and be a little more free because, like, the podcast numbers are high or we're selling merch or we're selling tickets to all these shows. Like, that's a huge thing, too. So, like, when, I've I said this a couple weeks ago with radio, it's like, we don't really get praised behind the scenes. Cause I think, and not in a bad way. I said, the same thing for teachers. Like if you're a teacher, the admin's probably not going to be like praising you because their idea is like, well, that's your job. But it's going to be like the students and like the parents would be like, thank you for making an impact. So for us, it's like seeing people wearing, um, like merch shirts from the first show who have been like every that's right. show, especially cause like, I'm not an idiot. I know like things are expensive for people. So like the fact mm. that like I'm a date night, like that's a, it's a huge, it's a huge honor. So, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a huge therapeutic thing because like I think you know for a while I didn't yeah you know, I I do get imposter syndrome a little bit even still but then it's like
0: really know, even now
1: yeah I mean I do think like I mean it's a, it's a weird thing being here for ten years and it's like you know I'm just me which is a, it's a weird like you know the especially with the dichotomy of how things have been here like for a long time I was like punished <laughs> for being who I am I felt like and now it's like. Yeah. all of a sudden it, it changed where now it's like, that's the, that's the thing. So it, it's still a little bit of a weird, um, complex. to be. that's being... probably
0: why I do this to you sometimes. And I think sometimes in the moment you're like, shut up, Riley, it's annoying. And that's fine. But I think, especially in the last couple of tours where I was even more involved, like, you know, in stage and like, not of the actual tour, but on stage introducing you or whatever. I remember last year I was like, um, can you stop for a second and realize what's going on around you, like what you put together and what you created as yours. Even though, dare I say, there was some things that were like, you know, you were going against the grain and it wasn't the easiest transition. It's not like people were like, woo, yeah, let's do this. Like in radio, it's almost like you have to do it six times over and be successful at it before anybody will even pay attention.
1: Mm, For sure. And then all of a sudden
0: people started paying attention and I was like, please live in this moment for a second. Because raising $50,000 for any charity in any way, shape, or form, I don't know how to do that. I could not do that. Like, I am in awe at what you've done. And I know that you don't like it when I get ushy-gushy, but I don't care. We're on Riley's podcast for right now. (laughs) And I'm really fucking proud of you. I'm sorry. Like, I have to say it that way and put it that way because I don't know that I would have kept pushing, especially with something like comedy. That seems like such a, like... I don't know, like a devil angel situation where you're going through all this crap, but you want to be funny. And that's how you wade through it. For sure. And I think that this tour, especially that we're talking about today, the Lost Tour is going to be my favorite. I don't know any of the actual content of it. but The reason is my favorite is because back in January we were doing or I was doing vision boards. It's something i've done for a very long time and i've joked that john should always do one and he mentioned one day on the air like you won't do it you won't make (laughs) it oh yes i will don't you try me sir so i was actually sitting in the room that i'm sitting now in doing the vision board for john and i had really no idea what was going on in his life personally so this was just me sitting with all of the intention cards that i had all the stickers all of the sayings all of the things that i thought were for him and i Hesitated to put this one section on this vision board and be like, is he, is he gonna like this? Probably not, but I don't care. I was like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And I put a whole section about love and just shot in the dark thinking like, meh, it, it, eh, it's gonna happen for him, but not today. Did all the other things on the vision board. And then I left this one section that I left for him, for you to write something that you claimed it as your own. Cause you can't manifest something for somebody else. Like you can hope for them. You can put your, your dreams for them on paper but it's not gonna happen unless they do it. And you took a second and then you ended up writing lost on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember tearing up so bad cause I was like, no, 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 we can't be lost. I want you to be, I want you to be like happy. I want you to be like in this space where you're gonna be good and everything is fine because you deserve it. I mean, anybody can say anything about you, whatever they want, but you have come to a space in life, career, all things John. Where you have worked for everything that you are today, and here's the thing with the tour, John has since announced he has a girlfriend and he's very much in love with her, and she is legit amazing. I love her even more yeah, every she's time right. I'm around her. She's <laughs> she,
1: she's cool. Dope.
0: You calm down. Like yeah, I think I best. like her more than I like you. That's fair. But I mean, you like my husband more than you like That's me. That's also fair. So, uh huh. So <laughs> I, you know, being a person that finally kind of had her fairy tale come true or, you know, the start of the fairy tale come true in the last year. I'm so excited for what you're going to feel when you're on stage. And this moment where you're like, damn, like full circle. I have chill bumps. I have my people. I have my friends in the show over there. I have this audience that loves me. And then I got that girl over there that is like my ride or die. And the moment that you get off stage and you hug her, like, I hope I'm there with a camera in your face to get that <laughs> moment and you're going to be annoyed. But I'm I'm really hoping that this tour right now is the culmination of everything that you've been through in the past. The culmination of all those times where you were lost and all those times where you're like, you know what? Screw this. Why am I doing this? There's so many other things that I could give in life, but you never gave up. And I just can't wait to see that first moment where you realize that. And that you feel that. And I, I hope we all see it. I hope everybody in the crowd sees it. I hope you propose on stage. Like
1: <laughs> ah, this sure. That's gonna be the, that'll be the, en- <laughs> that'll be the engaged tour. <laughs> no, sign. don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare.
0: Y'all, I know that I got very, very mushy with this. And as you can tell, that's not John's favorite thing in the world to do, especially mm-hmm. not with me. But I wanted to end this podcast with a little more fun and just to give you a couple of rapid fire questions and see what you say. Okay. Because fun thing about me in the studio is I like to say things that I won't say anywhere in the studio that are disgusting just to see what All John will say. Because mm-hmm. not much shakes him. every mm-hmm. Once and again, though, I'll get that zinger in there. He's like, What the f- did mm-hmm. you just say? Oh, I know. So I want to just do these rapid fire questions. So, um, favorite veggie, go.
1: Hot. Oh, that's, uh, um, I guess oh, like on. peppers, like bell out. peppers, maybe because you can dip them.
0: Bell. Peppers. I was just thinking,
1: like, because broccoli, I think, is basic, and like, avocado is like a fruit, right? But I was thinking, like, peppers are, I think, are pretty decent overall.
0: Okay. Well, you
1: asked. I answered.
0: I like corn. Like you can go with like sweet yeah, but corn corn's also special?
1: basic, bro. Like
0: corn with okay. You know what we've we've, we've oh, that street that corn.
1: Mmm. We'll, Papi. We'll
0: about this one. Okay. All right. Um. If you could do any awkward stage in your life over like if you had to what would it be and why
1: um i don't you know some if, awkward stages yeah but i also like i'm also like the believer of like it's like would you go back and change anything i'm like nah cuz i think it would that it would change everything that like that got me here do you know what I mean so that's why like oh ma- i am like, talking but, about like but would like, you go
0: through you had braces that you had to like
1: turn yeah, every single night i think like the comedy thing like that's like you know, the kind com- when I first saw 8 Mile the first time, that's when I realized you can use words as, like, defense and as weapons. And that, like, got the comedy thing going. So, like, that, all that stuff, okay. like, put me through the ringer of, like, always be turning, always be looking for something. So, I think, like, you know, it, it made my power stronger, if that makes hey. sense. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, speaking of power, what superhero are you?
1: Batman, uh, I've uh, I've always thought that I think Batman stays. If he could stay in Wayne Manor, he'd stay in Wayne Manor. He's not gonna come to Gotham fight like, petty crime, but like when the city needs him, like actually needs him, he's the first one there, and then he goes back in hiding.
0: All right, uh, Yeezys or dunks?
1: <sighs> more dunks <laughs> now. I think Yeezys uh, they have been, like they've been the same. I feel like the last like five years, I think more dunks than Yeezys now.
0: Damn, you yeah. are a traitor. That was your jam for yeah, a then minute. We all, all got
1: the same and then, you know,
0: just uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so finish this sentence with the first thing that comes to your head. My girlfriend Molly is.
1: Oh, she's the best. You're so cute. She is, though. I mean, like I'm very lucky. Like she's she's like she's funny, she's talented, she's amazing. Like she gets radio, which is a huge thing. She's amazing. So mm-hmm.
0: I happen to agree and that's no bull crap because I don't say things that I don't mean on this podcast. All right. What does charity mean to you?
1: Um, I think that it's, if you have a chance to help out somebody who needs it, I think life is very much goes in cycles. So there's like, you know, but even like, you know, people always say to us and you you helped me get through something. And it's like, now like there's days, especially the last five years, like I regretted coming to DC like, did not want to come here. And, like, look back. Even, like, recently, I still battle up like, if, you know, when Kane called me 10 years ago to come to D.C., if that call happened, knowing what I know now would I come, I don't know the answer still. Like, it's, oh, it's yeah. not it's not like a, I still, like, lean a lot towards probably not just because I think it made things have been different for um For uh, different folks But like I think there was times Where I was really down Where like People sending me Just like very Like i get a lot Of like messages The last couple weeks Of like I'm so happy You're happy And that you found happiness Like that to me Is also charity Because like It's helping me out Where I'm not feeling the best So I think charity overall Is helping out somebody Uh, I don't think it has to be A money thing I don't think it has to be A grandiose gesture I think it's just Doing your part To make somebody's day better Obviously at the Fisher House We try to make it more grandiose Because they need to get The exposure as well But I think it's just Helping out somebody even if it's the smallest way.
0: Totally. Okay, so two more. Um which Kardashian are you? Are you Kim? Are you Chloe? Are you Kylie? Are you Oh
1: man? I would say I mean Rob had the sock empire, do you know what I'm saying. I would say no. I would say uh I like I would say Kylie like five years ago. I think she was the one that really broke out first, but now Kim's kind of become more of the business bitch. So I feel like probably more Kim.
0: I agree with you that you're a Kim, but not because of business, bitch, because you are the most dramatic person I know.
1: In what in what way?
0: Oh, I'm glad you're not disagreeing with me. In
1: what way? Because
0: you are so in what way? My, oh my god. You are literally the most dramatic person when you don't get what you want.
1: But when am I wrong?
0: I didn't say that you were wrong. I'm
1: just Well, there it is.
0: I didn't say that you were wrong. I said you're dramatic.
1: I, I think that I, Eric pointed out to me years ago that if I see a fire, I have to point it out. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? I think I do that. But again, that goes back to like, there's power knowing that all your stuff's unlocked.
0: Stop for a second. I'm going to take that a step further. Yes, you will point it out. And then if somebody doesn't pay attention to the fact that you pointed out, you will go get lighter fluid and pour a little bit on it. And 100%. if that doesn't work, then you'll go back and get a stick. And then you'll go back and get weenies and roast it and be like, look how good this weenie tastes on what yeah. you're not paying attention to. 100%. But there's
1: there's, there's powerful there's power in having all your stuff on lock. So, like, when people that don't particularly like you or don't have your best interest in mind try to come at you and they slip up, I can just be like, Look at this, though. And then all my my stuff's unlocked. That's why I, like, I think like I get very confident, Like, and I always say to you who wants that smoke, because it's like mm-hmm. I know how hard I've worked to get to where I am. So it's like if you, like, legitimately wanted to, like, come for the throne, so to speak, you got to work, like, just as hard as I did to get to where I am now and then hope that I slow down. And, like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, like, bring it. Yeah, you know I mean, they, I I, yeah. I thrive with that. It's like um, I always tell a Somali sometimes when I vent about work stuff. I'm like, don't if you see the lion at the zoo, don't go in the enclosure. Just wave. Just mm-hmm. enjoy. Just well, so enjoy. He's there.
0: Here's something that I've noticed about you uh, since you know going where we were five years ago, where we didn't really you know have a great relationship and kind of like evolving to where we are now. You're the type of person that you survey over a lot. Let's say if a problem is your prey, you're not just going to go pounce on it. You're going to wait. You're going to watch. You're going to give it a minute, survey if it's really worth pouncing on it. And then if somebody gives you reason to pounce on it, like, I mean, good reason, like messing with your friends or your career or your, you know, it has to be those kinds of things. Okay. Then you're going to go get seasoned salt. You're going to pour the seasoned salt all over it. You're going to roast that mother until it's charred. I just, I definitely say that you will not pounce on issues unjustly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but once you open that cage it's there, there's no shutting it
1: yeah if you don't like me leave it's- me alone it's the best thing you can do if you don't like yeah. me or you don't want me to like have success, just leave me alone I'm right motivated on my own don't give me extra motivation because then I'll like that's like that's probably what like I told my therapist like I get obsessive about that where it's like if somebody does something where I think you intentionally tried to like hold back me or somebody like uh, in the click not only am I gonna bury you I'm gonna make sure everybody knows you got buried and I just oh, yeah. you know so oh yeah just leave me alone I mean in the
0: <laughs> And that's the thing, too, though. Like, I've definitely noticed in the last two years or so, it's like I knew that we were growing as friends when I was able to, maybe not in the moment, hear what you were saying, wade through my anger about what you were saying, and go off in my corner and have a bath and a, you know, facial later and be like, okay, fine. I don't like the fact that that was said, but what's the, what's the reason? Where's the weight to it? Like, there's been many a times that you have said Riley you are better than that like you've come too far to let this stupid little fight be the thing that breaks you I don't like that in the moment but it makes sense so basically what I'm trying to say and all of that is like you definitely fight for the things that you believe in your friends causes what have you. you you are for sure a ride or die like and maybe you're not a ride or die for everybody because not everybody gets into that door
1: Hell no. Now everybody deserves (laughs) to be like this notion that people have of like, you don't have to be nice to everybody. Now, if somebody screws you over, let them drown. Don't, don't, Mm. don't, don't don't sacrifice your happy at work because then you're bringing that home and then affects your, don't, no. I'm very much like a one strike and you're done. I think more people need to be that way where it's like, don't, don't let somebody ruin your peace.
0: Has anybody ever gotten that chance? A second?
1: No. Not the same way, like especially now. I think like I think it's like there's people in the industry I think who didn't never thought in their wildest dreams that I'd be where I am now. And now that I am, like I don't forget anything. There's a dude in radio. When I was in college, I emailed him because I was going to be on spring break in his city and asked if I could please see the studio because I was a big fan. Emailed him three times, never once answered. And, like, I just thought he was busy. But now that now that I'm, like, in the spot, I'm like, oh, no, he just didn't bother. And now he follows me on Instagram and hits me up for things. I'm like, I don't forget that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, that's.
0: You picked the wrong one. Especially
1: because there's people in this industry that, like, have helped. Like, it's, like, not a hard thing to do. So, like, I'm very much of, like, a, yeah, I'm not going to let somebody use me at convenience.
0: You know, having said all that, I wanted to ask you this one last um, fire, rapid fire round or whatever. hmm and I want, I'm interested to see which one you're going to say. I have my thoughts. So pick a word. Just one word. You can either pick. Revenge, love, or success.
1: I think revenge can tie all those into once, though. Like, the best revenge on a, a horrible relationship is a successful one. I knew it! But it's true, it. though. Like, But they, I, they, I think that's the best thing. Like, I... I told my high school ex-girlfriend once that one day I'll be so big, you'll see me everywhere. And I think that, like, revenge, like, and maybe not focus it, but, like, revenge is the best success. It's the best, like, a successful relationship. Like, your ex-fiances and people in your life that screwed you over, yeah. they got to yeah. see you, Marshall, and be like, well, I lost. Like, that, that like that. to me is, like, obviously, like, I love Molly. She's amazing. And, like, the first thing with her is, like, I love her. But, like, I, like, to everybody else – even people in her life too, like like her people she said before, like, you guys are so stupid. Like, how could you mm-hmm. let, like not treat that girl right? Like, you're so dumb. Yeah, you make it so easy for me because you're so stupid. Um, I think revenge is, I think revenge is, um, I do believe it's best served cold. I've understood that more as I got older, but like, I I feed off revenge. I think that's like the one thing. Like, when you don't want get up in the morning, it's like, yeah, but I get to prove somebody wrong today, and not like I I don't I don't do revenge where it's like I'm gonna do something against. You, Riley, I'm going to do—I'm going to work harder for me, and, like, my—I'm putting energy into me so that I'm putting myself—I'm not going to hold anybody back ever. I don't believe in that. But I'm going to work so hard, and, like, that's going to fuel me to want to go to the gym and want to stay up a new show prep and want to do all this other the stuff that I do. That's how I use it. I don't use it to be, like, a negative thing. It's more of, like, a motivation thing.
0: No, like, I think that you and my husband, which is scary to say, are very alike in this yeah. sense. Like, my husband, Marshall, I always tell him—and I've told you this, too—I— believe in karma but i'm the person when i see karma coming around with her knife i run away and i'm like okay you take care of it bye mm-hmm. you and my husband both will watch that cut drip and be like yes you did that and now every time somebody does something you do something unjustly to somebody else you're gonna feel that cut and la di da di di and i think i agree with you i think i've needed a little bit more of that in my life sometimes too because as much as i come off as a hard ass sometimes Once you're in my heart, you're kind of in there forever. Like, John doesn't believe in second chances. I've given 17 chances to somebody that shouldn't even have a first. But if there was ever anything that I could hope for you or implant in your brain the same way that you implant stuff in mine that I don't want in there, I think that you have gotten your successful revenge and then some. I don't think that if any of these people that hurt you, held you back, didn't believe in you were in front of you today. Maybe some of them are, maybe they're not. If they were in front of you, I don't even think you would have to say anything. I think they would feel every bit of what successful revenge means. Oh, for sure. So now I am really hoping that you won't let go with that because that's who you are. I'm not trying to change who you are or wish those different things. But if, if and when I make another vision board for you, I want it to be filled with a lot more love because you're embarking on really great process in life that i would love for you to focus on that because it's a really beautiful thing
1: can I be the, can i tell you some news what can be the first break news we're getting engaged
0: don't you mess with me are you joking no wait are you joking well one day stop you asshole <laughs> that's not cool i'm done <laughs> no thank you I so mean, much i mean one for day really That's the goal vodka that's mean that's the goal. No,
1: one day
0: that's messed up
1: we're gonna we're, that i'm planning on marrying her one day
0: i already knew that <laughs> jerk that's messed up man ew that's messed up no that's not cute that's not <laughs> ew, i don't like you anymore it's true think. though it's the last time i have your ass on my podcast <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyways, you guys, internjohncomedy.com to get all of the merch. There's even really Riley merch on there. Yeah. All goes back to the Fisher house. You can get your tickets to the show there. First one is August 27th. Sure I can't is. wait. It's going to be a date night. Yes, there you you took, there's one in Florida. There's also- Louisville, uh, Louisville. Falls Church,
1: Le- uh, Leesburg. Yes, uh, St. Pete show goes on sale July 1st. So that's uh, next week, which is wild.
0: It's going to be really, really fun. You guys got to get them like now. Seriously, don't get yes. the FOMO because they're going to sell out and it's going to be great. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be there or not because I'm pissed at you for that. That was rude. <laughs> That
1: was rude. <laughs> that was so you know good. what,
0: though? And if you ever do that and you don't show me the ring first, I'm going to be so mad at you.
1: Like, who, sa- who says I don't already have it?
0: Stop. I'm not believing you anymore. Like, don't take that. Listen to me. I'm going to be selfish for a second. Don't take that moment for me when it really happens that you actually do get engaged because then I'm not going to even be like, yeah, right. Okay. And then Molly's going to come up and be like, hey. And i be like, oh, what? Like, that was rude. Rude, rude, rude. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to Really Riley. Thanks for having you want me. To see- his little cheesy ass face on Instagram. It's at Intern John Radio. As yes. for you, the DMs are always open if you want to hit me up at Raleigh Couture. You are a turd for that. Appreciate I'm still you. mad at you. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 Yeah.